First of all, mate, great name. You too. Fantastic name. Some say the best I mean, name. It is. <laughs> hey, what, what, what do you do? Designing your life. I mean, we, we can jump straight into it that in, uh, yeah. in that way if you want. Yeah. And I don't think most healthcare professionals will talk about somebody designing their life. But I absolutely feel like it's crucial to your health and to your overall wellness when you have control over your life and what you're doing with it and not having to answer to somebody else or live by somebody else's schedule. Because how much of that of doing that is is killing people, literally, how much of that lifestyle is is killing people and having them neglect their health or have sub um, have standards that are way below what they need to be for themselves. Um, I'm not cool with that. I don't vibe with that. And that was something that I uh, changed for my life and that anybody can absolutely change for themselves. Um, so yeah, I always like to say, uh, I don't look like your traditional doctor and I definitely don't practice uh, healthcare in a traditional way. Uh, I don't talk like a traditional doctor. I don't do anything <laughs> in the traditional sense, but I think that's what is so absolutely needed when it comes to um, our health and our wellness, especially with women today. Um, you know, I, I specific, specifically focus on women, but a lot of the themes, a lot of the things I talk about, you know, are for men or for women. Um, but, you know, when it comes to our health, you know, we need to change things up. You know, we're still getting the same physicals that we got when we were five, that our parents got when they were five, that their parents got. Like, what, like, what are we doing <laughs> when it comes to that? Uh, there's so much improvement that can be made when it comes to healthcare and personalizing healthcare. And that's really what I strive to do with my practice, uh, with my private practice. You know, I don't go through insurance. I do everything on my own. It's very much an investment. It's for people that want to invest in their wellness, in their bodies, in their futures. And we don't play around. And I think there's so much um, that we can leverage um, when it comes to technology, when it comes to advancements in health, um, but also going back to um, to the root of things and going back to nature and allowing our bodies to heal themselves and really tapping into our own ability to heal through food, through, uh, through activity, through muscle, right? Muscle is medicine. Um, doing all of those things, just cutting all that shit, that noise out of there and getting away from all the medications and the poisoning in our bodies and just looking back to food as medicine, just getting back to, to real, to the real shit. That's what I like to do. Back on the medication, right? Like it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's scary how much people mm -hmm. take these days. Absolutely. It is fucking frightening. Like I remember learning the definition once you start barking on this like health and fitness coaching type thing. And you're like, okay, what's the definition mm -hmm. of health? And they said it was the absence of disease. And you're like, wait, hold mm -hmm. on a minute. If I've not got a disease, I'm classed as healthy. That doesn't make any sense. Like that means I'm like yeah. slap bang in the middle of the road. Yeah. So, well, that's a pretty low like barrier of entry, right? Like it's a there pretty is. low starting point. Like how, how are we supposed to be able to progress, thrive, like build? It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's a funny thing. Yeah. And, you know, most of healthcare right now, it's not healthcare, it's disease care, it's maintaining mm. people's illnesses, it's keeping them on medications for the rest of their lives. And I like to use uh, type two diabetes as a great example, you know, all these medications we have and insulin and insulin is not curing nobody's diabetes. It's not curing any, you know, lowering anybody's A1Cs. It's not getting rid of the inflammation. It's not healing anything that is associated with type two diabetes. It's just maintaining 
your um, your requirement to have it for the rest of your life and get more and more medications, more and more insulin, higher and higher doses. It's not doing anything. And in the process, you're just destroying your own pancreas. You're destroying your kidneys. You're destroying your liver. You're destroying all kinds of other parts of your body from these from these medications. What what started you on this journey, mate? Um, me me being really fucked up and sick myself. What was it? And actually when, um, so I've got three kids, I've got an eight, well, almost 19, actually my son's almost 19 now, um, 16 and six. And when I had my six-year-old, I went into heart failure and I was, I had already been in healthcare for, I was working, you know, at the bedside doing cardiac ICU transplants, open hearts. That was all my experience for like the last, for the 10 years prior to that. That's all that I did. Um, and so I had been in healthcare for probably like a good over 15 years at that point. And I was, you know, saving everybody else's life, but not saving my own really was not taking care of myself. And then after I got that diagnosis of heart failure and the cardiologist just like looked at me and she was like, listen, she was like, you can't have any more kids. Don't even think about getting pregnant. You're not going to make it. Your heart won't be able to sustain you. You're going to die. Your baby's going to die. Like you're done. And I was like, what? Like that, that literally was the, my like rock bottom right there. Because at that point I was like, Alex, what have you allowed to happen to yourself? What have you allowed to happen to yourself where now you're at this point where your fucking heart is failing. The doctor's telling you no more kids. I had always, you know, me and my husband had talked about having more, more kids, you know, you can't have any more kids. And then I kept flashing to, you know, seeing myself in a bed laid up, not able to take care of myself and having my kids have to come take care of me. And then thinking about, well, what kind of life is it for them to have to take care of their mom? because she's too sick to take care of them to be in their lives. And then who's going to take care of my husband? Who's going to take care of my house? Who's going to be raising my kids when I'm not here and I fucking die because my heart gives out or I go undergo some horrible surgery and I'm laid up in a nursing home with rehab for the rest of my life. Cause I've taken care of patients like that. That was the fucked up part. I've seen that scenario play out so many times over all these years and it didn't hit me until then when she told me that, that that's literally where I was headed unless I decided like right then and there to fucking be accountable to myself and to decide that I needed to change every single thing about, about myself, every single thing. That was really the moment where I took control. I was like, this is not going to be me. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to save my life control took accountability right i think that's what we're mm-hmm. most of us are lacking you know we like to point a lot of fingers like to say it's their fault it's such and such is problem i don't know right. it's our fault and it's our problem you know the only yeah. person who's going to get out of bed in the morning is your own two feet you know it is the person stood stood staring back at you at the mirror like it is is that person you've got to you've got to talk to that one you've got to mm-hmm. cause the change with that one you got to wrestle with that one sometimes, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes you got to change that one because mm-hmm. we're all just products of our own habits. And sometimes we got to change those habits. So my question is, where did you start? Oh, so where I started was that whole accountability, self-awareness, insight part. And so um, 
if you kind of if you kind of follow my content or anything, you might see spice wrote places or in my tagline, I'll say for a balanced life, just said spice. Or if I'm talking about things, I'm like, well, let's spice it up. Let's not be basic. Let's spice it up. Well, spice is actually my signature method, like the framework that I created um, that I really <clears throat> used on myself. And I actually, I had just made a post about this the other day because, you know, when I, um, when I go on Facebook, all my memories start popping up. Mm. And every time a memory pops up, it's a video that I've done because I've been making videos and live streaming for like years now, for almost four years now. And so back then I was making videos kind of like documenting my progress of how I was healing myself and the things that I was doing. And so every time a memory would open up, it was a video that I had made in the past, but it was all of these things are how I created spice. And so it's my, it's like the framework that I use. It's very holistic. So the S stands for spiritual. So these are all dimensions of wellness that I worked on on myself. And that kind of what I identified in all the patients that I had had over all the years, you know, our spiritual wellness P is for the physical. I was for insight. C is for career and E is for emotion. So looking at all those different dimensions of wellness and how they impact each other. And for me, it was the I, and that's why it's kind of in the middle because it's like the anchor. It's like the, the starting point that holds all the other parts together. It was the insight. It was the self-awareness. It was my intuition. It was just, yeah. it was tapping into that and strengthening that. <clears throat> and that's really where I started. Again, the accountability that this is nobody else's fault, but your own taking full ownership of that shit, acknowledging it and deciding to do something about it. That was the hardest part. And I continue to work on it every single day. Absolutely. But that was where I really started that it's nobody else's fault, except for my own, because I'm the one who controls what I put in my mouth, what I put in my brain, what I put in my heart, what I'm putting into my soul, my spiritual wellness, all of that. It's on me. So I needed to take accountability for that because I was one of those people that fucking blamed. I was very much a victim, blamed everybody else, never wanted to really take responsibility. And it showed because I was fucked up. I was really, really sick. Why do you think so many people struggle with that? Because of our upbringings because of our religion, our culture, our traditions, our families, the cycles that we continue to perpetuate when it comes to what we think health is, what we tolerate in our lives, what we think about ourselves. Um, it's very much influenced from we, when we were younger. And, you know, I don't claim that I'm a therapist at all. I'm not a therapist. However, the work that I do goes very deep. Like I just had a conversation with a client the other day and we fucking went back. We went back to when she was younger because I was trying to get her to think about the standards that she has for herself and why it's so easy for her to do things for, and she's not alone in this. Why it's so easy for her to do things for her kids, for her husband, for everybody else. But then when it comes to herself, why she can't even get up on time and get herself dressed and presentable before the kids get up. Like that was a big struggle for her. And we went back, we went way back to her childhood and it all went back to standards that she had for herself and how she, she really didn't have standards because it came back to a lot of self-worth and a lot of trauma that she experienced. But like we went fucking deep in this conversation, but it does, it goes so much to, our standards and our self-worth and how much do we actually value ourselves? What do we even think about ourselves and what we're worth and what we're willing to do for ourselves? 
because we'll do some fucked up shit for everybody else, right? We'll go out of our way. We'll do crazy shit for other people. But then when it comes to ourselves, we do the bare minimum, the bare mm-hmm. minimum, and we have to change that. Yeah, it's funny. I think everyone has some sort of uh, resistance to going mm-hmm. back and understanding their own story, right? And I think that's yeah. where it starts. If you don't understand mm-hmm. it, you're kind of fucked. Yeah, absolutely. And you got absolutely. to understand yourself first, right? And I think, um, I don't know, I wrote a line a while back. It's like, I, I hope everybody learns the, the color of their own devil's eyes. It's like, yeah, you need to sit across the frigging table with that bitch and get to know mm-hmm. him and just have a conversation. I mean, oh, what's your insecurities? You know, mm-hmm. what do you mean your insecurities? No, 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 get to know the part of yourself that you, you don't necessarily like, you know, or the not so good side. Because it's all there, you know, mm-hmm. we've all got it. You're not just this euphoric fucking being, right? Everybody's a exactly. cunt. So exactly. you've, you've got to learn that thing. And then you can start to hopefully pave steps going forward in the in the right direction rather than circling mm-hmm. around and, and spinning your wheels. Yeah. So can I ask you, did you, have you, because... Cause you, cause you're fit, honey, you got the lifestyle, like, you know, and this is what you teach also. Did you have that moment or, or can you share anything about like where you, where you had that conversation with yourself? Uh, I was kind of lucky in a way. Uh, oh yeah. Cause I, I fell into like lifting weights and, and before that it was sport and, and fitness and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. to just deal with shit. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a shit neighborhood, mate. Like, and a lot of uh, a lot of fear around, a lot of uh, uh, topsy turvy stuff. So I was like, well, how are you gonna deal with that? Well, if I just, I found out at a young age, if I just fucking crush myself in a workout, I feel better. Uh-huh. Right. Everyone's heard the whole Ray Lewis uh, story, right? He's seen his mom get the shit beat out of her, so he goes into the garage and just flips a deck of cards. And it was a jack and you do X amount of push-ups and you'd flip it again, you flip it again, you flip it again. And eventually the pain in your gut goes away and it, because it fucking translates to your arms or your legs or mm-hmm. whatever, right? And you get so tired, you kind of pass out on the floor, you wake up and you go again. It was, it was similar, similar story to that of just like, well, if I just crush myself physically, I feel better, right? But here's, mm-hmm. here's the kicker. When you do that, I think you unpeel a layer of yourself that you couldn't find without it. Mm-hmm. I think that adversity piece, you kind of look up mid-workout, and usually internally in your own head, and you look up and you're like, oh, that's just me. Like the thing that I was hating, the thing that like really fucked me off and made me really angry, that's just me. Mm-hmm. That's just the part of me that I fucking hate mm-hmm. and like want to kick to the curb and fucking get rid of and run away from it. It's like, yeah, you're never going to run away from it. Wherever you are, you are. You know, guess what? What happens when you get off the plane? You're still there, bitch. Like, it's still mm-hmm. fucking there. So what are you mm-hmm. going to do about it? And I think over time, you know, I'm blonde, so it takes me a while. You know, but I, th- <laughs> I, but I think over time, it, it's, oh, okay. I can't run for myself. Yeah. I can never kill that part of me. You know what? Mm-hmm. Um, again, something uh, uh, I wrote down a while back was that uh, I think every man is two men. One they're trying to be and one they're trying to kill. The problem is they'll never do either. Mm. And, it's, and it's that constant internal battle. And I think a lot of ladies are the same. Like it's a yeah. human trait, a lot of human 
being like mankind right humankind like this being this fucking weird conscious being which is kind of like light and dark but we want to go left and right and we want to go up and down and it's like yeah you're the battle you are the battlefield you and are. i think i think we have to have that in some way because if we don't we've kind of just numbed ourselves mm. i think mm -hmm. you you have to at least acknowledge it and understand mm -hmm. it and i think that also quiets the voice a little bit so then it's a voice of reason and maybe a different perspective rather than a uh, battling one right so it's like oh okay cool i'm going to sit in that environment for a while and then that energy will subside because i'll burn it and then we can actually be logical human beings and okay let's go this way because it's probably the best way yeah uh, <laughs> you know, i love that thank you yeah probably just probably just training <laughs> but i fell into yeah. it i was really lucky like just push-ups in the rain and you know lifting rocks in yeah. bags and just random shit like that yeah i think it's i think it's incredible too <clears throat> when you start becoming more physical with your body and you're able to actually see what your body is capable of so like i know for myself when i started doing uh like pilates and yoga mm. i i was like looking at the teacher and i'm like there's no way that i'm going to be able to move my body like that. There is no way. And the next thing I know, I'm like doing all these different poses. And it was such a great feeling to be able to do those because I looked at her and I was like, I can't, there's no way. But then next thing I knew I'm doing it. And it's such an amazing feeling when you have sort of like that mastery, that control over yourself, when so much shit would feel like not in your control and i think that was a huge part of changing also was always feeling like powerless and like oh i can't control anything and all this shit's happening yeah. to me it's like no you actually do have a lot of control and i think that helped to like kind of harness that and help me develop that a lot more um was just simply was simply doing uh was simply doing that do you find that for yourself as well yeah 100 percent. you know yeah. uh, I, I, a member asked me the other week i said coach why do you train and I said uh, to keep the devil on the other side of the door and to remind me that it's locked <laughs> from the inside yeah right I was like I have the choice yeah. whether I keep that bitch on the other side or whether I let it in and I you know I have the privilege of seeing it every day with folk come through the door it's like I have the conversation with them every fucking day okay shit hit shit has hit the fan the fuck are you gonna do about it right oh do you want me to come around and wipe the tears off you. Like, it's it's not going to happen, guys. You've got to do something about it. What are you going to do? You know, and then inevitably with the with the nature of physical adversity, exertion and stuff, like the barriers get pulled down, right? It's fucking difficult. Whether you're holding a yoga pose or whether you're fucking going for a run, it doesn't matter. It's difficult. It's all hard shit. And you're like, right, now let's get into the nitty gritty. I was like, what do you mean, coach? I was like, yeah, why we, did you come in dragging ass? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I don't, um, you know, it's just a rough day. I was like, don't bullshit me. Yeah. Because you're just bullshitting yourself. So, like, why? You know, now is the time. You know, we had, um, again, I've had the privilege of having a lot of people come through who might be struggling with uh, some high amount of social anxiety or mm -hmm. anger management or and a lot of, like, adolescents. Yeah. You're like, okay, cool. Like, how, how are we supposed to do that? I, the high anxiety is a, is a different kettle of fish because you don't want to crush them too much with the cortisol running around and just, like, jack their heart rate so high that they freak out, right? Mm -hmm. But um, if you put them through a workout and 
you know, it's pretty difficult. They got a sweat on them, no problem. And then you give them all a piece of paper and a pen. And you give them like 10 to 15 minutes. You're like, all right, write what you think, write what you feel. It's like, what do you mean? I was like, there is no boundaries. Yeah. You write what you think, I'm right what you feel. And people are so much more open post-workout than they are pre-workout. Ooh. Mm. Yes. Because they've just faced themselves for 20 minutes, 60 minutes, and they've brought that uh, barrier down, that kind of facade of, like, I'm going to stand up tall and I'm just kind of, like, shield myself and, like, nah, fuck the world. I'm I'm a hard motherfucker. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Well done, Jeffrey. But, like, the world's going to break you, mate, and you also have to be open to that, you know, mm-hmm. because if you don't, it will fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. So you got to decide. You've got to be able to change and mold in the, in the middle and break on the bit uh, on, on the ends and drop a little bit off and then add a little bit on. It's just clay, right? We're supposed yeah. to be warm and malleable rather than fucking hard and cold. So usually if you just kick the shit out of them with a the workout, Mm-hmm. And then you give them a pen, some some magic thing happens. Yeah. You know, you just gave me a great idea to do with my clients is to have them because I do a lot of work with like the reflection um, and I do it kind of in some different ways. Um, but I was doing uh, like once a week, you know, when they would do like their photos or their measurements or their weight or whatever, I would have them sort of do like a reflection type video for me. But I like your idea of the post-workout mm-hmm the post-workout, like, so what, what's coming up for you? Like, how, how are you feeling? Like, I like that. I think for some of my ladies, that would be really great for them. I like that idea. Oh, I love it. Jump in, like try it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, I find a lot of people are more articulate mm. and they're at least closer to the epicenter of the problem, mm-hmm. you know, pre-workout fucking out, like, just taking myself, for example, I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Right. <laughs> all, right all I know is yeah. I just I need to go into the gym. I need to have a scrap. Yeah. You know, I need to put some weight on my back or pick it up from the floor that feels like it wants to break me. And if I mm-hmm. don't think about it, it will. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, sweet. And then after that, you're like, oh, cool. This yeah. is how I feel. Yeah. You know, it's the same with, um, I think it's the same with like ice baths and saunas and hikes. Right and stuff like that right like i i used to live in a, a place called christchurch which is the south island and pretty close to my house was was this pretty pretty steep track and it was funny because every time i was like kind of festering over something i didn't really know what to do and mine was a bit all over the place and I was like, you know you get the sick you get sick of your own st- site don't you i'm like fuck this i gotta go walk this track okay cool literally 10 15 minutes every single time i walk past the same friggin' tree I'd have to get on the notes in my phone because I'd be like, all right, I know what to do. And just make some notes so it's there, boom. Walk to the up of the track, look on the other side. All right, I'm good now. Turn around, come back. Yeah. I think we got to face that. I think we got to not popularize because I think we should have autonomy over our own lives. Do whatever the fuck you want at the end of the day. Just don't cry wolf about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But at least say, you know what? Rather than just going down the pub, you know, and drinking fucking 12 beers every night and right. then going home slaughtered, yeah. maybe go to the gym or the pool or go for a little walk around the mm-hmm. block and be like, actually, this is what we're going to go do. This is what I'm going to go do. This is what I need to do. Yeah. 
and I go do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, making that switch between oh, I have to do this or somebody's making me do it to I want to do it. I need, yeah. you know, I desire to do it. That's a lot. That's a word that I like to use with my ladies a lot is I desire to mm-hmm. whatever insert, whatever you want after that. Um, because it is, we feel like we always have to do shit or somebody's making us do shit, especially when you first start working with like a trainer or anybody, you know, a healthcare person, you're trying to lose weight, whatever it is. Um, Oh, I have to do this. Or they told me to do this. I was like, well, yeah, but eventually that should turn into this is who I am. This is mm-hmm. my lifestyle. This is just my standard operating procedure. This is how I operate. This is who I am now. Right. And yeah. yeah, making that switch is is a huge part to like document. Like when when did you feel that moment where you were like, yep, this is who I am. This is just this is just what I do. This is who mm-hmm. I am. Um, I think is a huge milestone for somebody to realize like that, like that's their moment when they realize that. Why the word desire? Because the feeling that comes from it. And I, I like language is so important. Um, and I know for myself, self-talk, I didn't realize the negative self-talk I had, um, just the very, the words that I used were not uplifting, were not positive. They were always um, very negative, even though I'm very much an optimist, like anybody that would meet me. Oh, Alex, she's optimist, blah, blah, blah. Like, even though I was very much an upbeat person, the language that I used a lot of the time was not in, was not incongruent with that, was not in line with that. And the way I talked to myself was not in line with that. And that self-talk, that's the shit that will kill you. That is the shit that will take you down. And so when I started paying attention to the language that I was using. And I actually, you know, worked with several coaches that kind of helped me with this as well. Um, Just listening to and hearing myself speak. That was another huge thing. And if there's anybody, you know, listening and watching this, that uh, they live stream, they podcast, it's, um, it's listening to yourself and seeing your progression of how you've grown. It's crazy how much you can see yourself grow with that. And so I, Oh, I, I kept u- noticing, I was using the words I want, I need, and it felt like so fucking desperate. It felt so desperate using those words. So <laughs> switching it to, I desire that is such a more meaningful word has so much more emotion behind it. And it makes you, put you back in control uh, that I desire. It's just a control thing also um, mm. that I find for myself. <laughs> I like how you um, you bring in the emotion behind it. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people use words which are transactional and emotionless, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't quite express ourselves in an emotional format anymore. Nor are we really open to, to receiving it from somebody, right? You're like, well, what the... Mm-hmm. What, what's what's going on like they're getting a little too emotional it's like yeah th- we're fucking humans guys like that's yeah. that's the point we're emotional yeah. beings we're not fucking logical it's not supposed to be a straight line because that's the only straight line we're gonna get is to the frigging grave you yeah. know it's, it's supposed to go around the houses and it's this weird gooey shit like yeah like that's 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 what makes us human otherwise mm-hmm. we'd be a fucking reptile or something yeah And, you know, that's, and I like that you brought that up because that makes me think about the feedback that I get from the women that I work with. And again, going back to, I don't, you know, talk like a traditional doctor. I don't do any of those things because I, that's what so much is missing right now. That emotion part, the personability part, you know, the relationship um, that you have with somebody 
uh, when it comes to your health and when it comes to getting well and staying well, um, you know, it's, it's the emotion behind that because we all have these ups and downs and life, life is fucking life. Life is life. And, um, you know, a pill is not going to fix a lot of the things, a shot injection or whatever, a meal plan, a fucking macro protein, whatever. It's not going to fix so much of the deeper shit that's going on with people. And we need to get, get to that. And I love that the work that you do, especially when you were talking about how do you have them reflect afterwards after your mm. workout like that? That is what sets you apart and what allows your clients to get that change that they get and really impact their life through that. Um, so I love that. Oh, thank you. I mean, I think we got it right. Mm-hmm. You know, you. I think our job is to take horses to water. And it's the job of the horse to drink. Right. But it's like, no, 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 you now know where that fucking thing is. I got to go and find some more horses. See you later. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to there hold your hand all the time. And it's, you know, we've yeah. tried everything else. We've tried spoon feeding people and it, it doesn't work. Doesn't. No, it doesn't work. It's like, okay, cool. Like, I got to teach you. I got to facilitate it. And then I got to mm-hmm. fuck off because <laughs> there's more people out there that need help. You know, yeah. you got to then end up helping yourself. Um, right. And the best thing that we can do is, I guess, empower somebody to do that. Oh, absolutely. Mate, i got three questions. Yes. What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? Uh, from my dad. And it's all roads lead home. And for some reason, that's always stuck with me. Oof. So all roads lead home. All roads lead home. All roads lead home. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Mm. What's the worst piece of life advice you've ever received? I don't know. I don't know if I have a worse. <laughs> I don't know. That's good if you can't remember it. I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> mm. That's good. It's more common than you think, though. That's good. Is it? Okay, maybe. Guess maybe that's just the northerner in me that will just hold on to something and be like, "Fuck those people, man." <laughs> yeah maybe that is maybe maybe i gotta work on that um what are the three words you tell yourself what are the three words oh so it's gonna be it's gonna be four okay that i tell myself there's a whole story behind it but i won't get into it but the four words that i tell myself are i am dr rosa those are the four words that I tell myself when I'm doing my affirmations, when I'm doing my declarations, those are the words I tell myself. There's a whole thing behind it, <laughs> but that's what I tell myself. Right. I'd love to hear it one day. Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for your time. This has been a fucking honor and a privilege, mate. Like oh, shooting the breeze you. with someone trying to, um, trying to figure out this life thing. It's a, uh, it's a privilege. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you as well. Appreciate it. Mate, we'll talk soon. All right, love. Sounds good. Take it easy. Bye, everybody.